0: What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skip three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only
1: talent, honey. That and losing money.
0: Get your excess hex that's rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor bachelor.
1: Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia now F Boy Island podcast that asks the questions. Avi, have we worked out what the F stands for? Is it friendship?
0: Uh is it feminism. It may it may be feminism. Mm. I would like to debate that at some point. We'll uh, i I've heard some good suggestions. Uh, friend boy for sure. Maybe fart boy. Fart boy. Kinda, it's kind of right up there for They're me. They're coming
1: for my title.
0: <laughs> if they made Fart Boy Island and oh okay, imagine, alright. Okay. 12, 12 no, twenty-four guys, mm. one of them's farting the whole time. But all of them <laughs> are like trying to figure out and like some of them are gonna say, oh well this guy smelt smelt it, so clearly he must have dealt that, it. But exactly, then obviously yeah. there's levels of, you know, deception and I think this might actually have legs.
1: I was at a conference the other day and there was Someone nearby who just could not stop cracking a rat. Yeah, right. Like I don't. It was so so obvious that this person was rat cracking. And we're not talking about a, a COVID test. No, not at all. No, this no. is a euphemism that I've I've coined for um farting. Mm-hmm. I think we know what we're talking about. Yep. And I thought, at what point is it appropriate to say something? I landed on never. Can I actually, I,
0: I was at a birthday party today for mm. both a, a two-year-old and a 98-year-old. Oh,
1: my God. How many rats cracked? And there
0: was definitely, I mean, <laughs> I love my
1: family. I hope they never hear this. <laughs> I was, there was
0: one point where I was smelling something and I was like, I wonder who, you know, yep. which
1: side of the, mm-hmm.
0: we should introduce the show. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about the show. Zavi. you taste. so who is you?
0: My name is Xavier Obecki Noonan, and I love The Bachelor. I'm on an F-Boy Island diet, um, which <laughs> I hear you asking, what does that mean? Uh, I, I'm on an F-Boy I Island diet, so I F a boy and then I land them, I think, you know? <laughs> That's really something. good. It's really uh, good. Thank you, Max. I also hate the coronavirus, and joining me, as always, is my co-host with the Mo host, Max Quinn.
1: G'day, it is so nice to be here. Before we dive further into proceedings here on the BOH pod, I want to say that we are recording each on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Hello and how are you to any First Nations listeners of the BOH pod. This always was, this always will be Aboriginal land. We pay our respects to elders past, present, emerging. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you to you as well, listener, for joining us as we begin the inaugural episode recap of F Boy Island. This is a new show that we're covering here on the BOH pod, and I'm so excited to talk about it.
0: That's right, I cannot believe it. They gave a TV show to the viral TikTok sensations, the Island Boys. <laughs> <laughs> How how old is that reference I'm now? I uh, I think that
1: that reference is at least 18 months old, but it holds for me.
0: Yeah, it was actually born the same day as my little niece Aki, and so um, <laughs> <laughs> celebrating her birthday. Uh should I dox the baby? Probably not.
1: It's hard to say at this point. I'm you can dox the baby, one of the Island boys, if you would like.
0: That's true. Except I unfortunately neither I nor anyone else could tell you either of their names
1: uh before we we we've
0: got so much to talk about but i do want to very heaps. quickly talk about a bachelor related thing no you know what you know what i want to i want to say hello first
1: yeah i think this is the right way to new do listeners it. new listeners brand new audience hello here's the situation my name is max that is xavi hi xavi
0: hello what's up um look th- we've been doing this podcast for a really long time probably
1: i mean who could possibly say but at we least are that's... australia's longest running bachelor podcast
0: right i would say we're like i somewhere between two and 98 years old um we mo- we mostly talk about the bachelor but we're in a bit of a bachelor drought at the moment but thankfully there's this fantastic new television program that's just premiered on streaming uh this is a new show, a little history, if we if we like for mm-hmm. F Boy Island. Um, this show, it's a format that was created by E-la, Elan Elon. I've only ever heard Americans say it. It's E L A N, but whenever they say it, they're like Elon, Elon Gale,
1: Elon Gale. Let's do it. This guy, he, he
0: is well-known in Bachelor circles. He was a, he was a TV producer um, and, and producer for The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and Bachelor Pad in the US between 2009 and 2019. He's like okay. one, of the, one of the key figures of the modern era of the show.
1: So this man knows what's up
0: yeah this man knows his reality television um he knows his like uh manipulation of people within a reality tv landscape that kind of thing uh and pretty much his first project after leaving the bachelor was f-boy island which premiered in the u.s in 2021 on hbo max it aired two seasons before being cancelled in december 2022 and in fact it has also been removed altogether from the streaming
1: service. Fascinating. Now, this series has found new life in our country.
0: That's right. So, so in fact, just before it was deleted from the internet, there was a New Zealand version, um, which I didn't even hear about. But no, either. In October of 2022 um i did a very small amount of research and learned that there were some headlines after one of its cast had to be edited out of the show uh when it was learned that i'm saying this with a smile on my face as i often do when recording this podcast even though i'm about to say something truly horrible which Uh is that one of these men had been on trial for quote attempted suffocation of a drunken woman
1: oh no so oh no
0: all of this to say, like the American version wiped off the face of the earth. The New Zealand version, I mean, potentially should have been. I don't know. Actually, I I don't know for sure if that guy was found guilty or what the story who is can necessarily. Say. But who can say? This is this is what comes up when you Google it. Anyway, all this to say, it it feels quite unlikely that we should now be watching a brand new and well promoted and like, as as far as I can tell, pretty good um australian version of the show uh which is hosted by our close personal friend abby chatfield
1: lol yes it is a brand new love dating show hosted by bachelor royalty abby chatfield who i've recently seen perform in person we'll get to it dave oh yes I want to say, firstly, I think this show's fucking cool. I love that this show is unafraid to laugh at itself. I love that it is unafraid to laugh at its male suitors or even at its prospective women who have the power in this series. Yeah. We'll get to how all of this operates, but I want to get your vibes, Avi Just come off the top rope, smack me down with an elbow. What do you think about this program?
0: Uh, thank you for asking. Initial reaction, very positive. I think, uh, at, just as you said, I like that the show is very funny. I like that the show is very horny. I like that it feels similar to other reality shows, but seems to be also like... It has it has some things that are built into the sort of construction and the concept that I think are really smart. And will lead to the show continuing to be interesting for, for at least the, the next little while, you know? Um, and I, I feel like it could come back and do more seasons just based on the first, uh, uh, couple of entries anyway.
1: So hello and welcome to you. If you are new here, the way that this is going to work is that we are going to break this show down into various segments. You're going to hear things that we think about, for example, who might be the F boy of the week that's coming up as well as that a little bit of plot recap. Who is the boy genius of the week? Who is the Lucy Who Who is the Phoebe Bridges? We've got a lot to say. The I thing mean, Julian we...
0: Baker deserves at least a little bit of a shout out. It true, it's
1: true. Okay, okay. All of this is to say that you have arrived here, listener, at a fortuitous time. And if you don't know what you're doing here, we traditionally are a bachelor australia podcast sometimes we branch out into other shows but we try to center ourselves in the world of the bachelor and we do like to begin each episode with a batch world catch up and if this show is not an extension a grandiose extension of a batch world catch up then Xavier, i don't know what is right
0: so the first thing i wanted to talk about it's not particularly directly linked to fboy island that's okay Prior to covering FBoy Island, which I guess we haven't done really that much yet, but we're going to, I promise. We were covering The Bachelor's Australia, which was the 10th season of the Australian version of The Bachelor. Had three leads, three men, and they were dating a bunch of women. I'm sure you heard about it being as welcoming as possible to the new listeners
1: this show aired in january of this year it introduced us to a cast of characters some we love some we didn't one man in particular that we talked about ad nauseum i feel like <laughs> from july last year when we found out that he was part of the series through to the conclusion at the end of january was a man named thomas malucelli and Zavi, this week you texted me and you said oh my god the Leah and Thomas news, and I don't know a thing about it. And this is the thing about you, right? You've got your finger on the pulse. You know what yeah. is going on in Batch World. I want you now to tell me, please, what is happening, what has happened between The Bachelor last season, Thomas Malucelli, who, quick recap for listeners who are new, was involved in a multi-level marketing scheme called Isogenics, and right. his perspective, who he proposed to on the show named Leah – uh, I understand that their relationship did not last. I'm expecting juicy details. What do you got for me?
0: Right. So most of what we had heard about their breakup was that they were just not particularly
1: compatible.
0: and everyone They was weren't being right great. for each other. Yeah, everyone was being nice about it. But they, they split up just a couple of months after a televised proposal. And there was definitely some level of curiosity, especially because we had talked quite a bit about this man who... You're right. Just kind of begs to be discussed. You know, he's a man (laughs) like, you know, like when something crash lands on earth from another planet and all the scientists like gather around. being How did you get here? What is
1: going on with you? And that is the precise thing. Thomas was this like beautiful, malleable piece of clay who we also knew on the side was involved in multi-level marketing and... Mm. I think at different times over the course of the, I mean, the month that we covered the show, but we felt like, okay, is Thomas in on this? Is he being deceptive? Why is the show not focusing on the part of his personality that seems to be involved in uh, selling, as Isogenics does, protein shakes to children? What is happening Hmm. there? Uh, Talk to me. So... uh
0: in the last week or two, uh, Leah, who was his uh, partner, fiance, on the show and off fiance as well, um, I thought for a second you just said Beyonce, and I was like, she was not involved as far as <laughs> <laughs> um, Leah spoke to the press, uh, specifically the advertiser, um, for the first time about some of the the you know more specific details of this relationship, okay, uh, and and how it fell apart. Um, and the quotes from her, are very telling about, uh, him, I suppose. Um, All right. she says now that my rose colored glasses are off, when we went on our first date after the show, he told me he wasn't vaccinated. Okay. Um, he asked me not to get the fourth vaccination. Oh um, oh and no. i upset because I considered it because I was in love with him. Um, So, you know, she says, I was willing to risk my health to be with him. Oh, my God. Um, And, yeah, she discovered that uh, Maluchelli, quote, doesn't believe in modern medicine. Um, And Uh, in in some quite controlling and upsetting ways, um, she said she found herself needing to use her Ventolin um, as she has an asthma diagnosis. That's like an Uh, asthma puffer, right? Right, yeah, it's her asthma papa. She, she had to use it in private um, <gasps> when she was with Malicelli um, because he said, no. I think you have asthma because you believe you have asthma. No! Um, which is insane. Uh, she clarified that uh, her mom's sister died of asthma. mm um, Apparently, he said the same thing about her anxiety disorder. He encouraged her to ditch her medications.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I am feeling the most mirth and vitriol that I right. felt it's, in such a long time. We—it's a very mm. peculiar
0: combination of emotions because obviously, oh, it so just makes me her. really feel for Leah, for mm. whom you know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, how kind we were to her during the season to be honest
1: with you i think that what we said was that she was being presented as very vulnerable i don't think that there was any extent to which we had said like leah sucks or isn't good or anything like that i think that what was being read of leah was what was being presented which was this is a woman who hasn't is like is this what being in love feels like i don't Mm. know which makes her the perfect person to be the uh mark for someone like thomas
0: Right. It did seem um, like I think the, the main thrust of what we kind of observed about her behavior through obviously this very narratively edited you know, piece of media that she was someone who might be a bit susceptible, might be a bit vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, might be at least like at a place in her life where um, somebody with a very strong vision of, of the type that Thomas Malicelli um, might be able to come in and um, do some real damage Uh, By presenting
1: things as very wonderful, you see And, like, talking about how, like, perfect you might be Yes,
0: everything's perfect as long as you don't take your anxiety medication anymore Because it's actually making you sick. Just really heinous and fucked up shit Leah has posted the full uh, account Or, you know, the paywalled article uh, on her Instagram page So I recommend you check it out Uh, And... Yeah, uh, I I just I mean, what do we even say? We wish the best for Leah, uh, um, what an absolute champion and hero for pulling through. Uh this is a, an incredible moment of uh growth for her and and uh and a real real telling thing for the series that we love to cover on this show, huh? <sighs> just like I, every uh, red flag possible was there and we like raised them all. Not that like we should have been able to stop no, this. No, no, no. I mean no, just no. like it was very visible to anybody who took any interest in this, that this was like not a good idea to cast this man um, and to present him as like a truly desirable object that you should drop everything and try and get together with and that kind of thing.
1: Uh, look, oh, you were so right. Like from the point that he was cast or that we at least learned that he was cast, you and I went, let's look at what is available about this man on the internet. Right, and we went, right. Oh, this, this, also this, this too could be, Really, really problematic. And then you look at the way that he was presented, the way that he was—I also believe—pretty like malleable, malleable, Chelly. Thomas, malleable, Chelly. The the producers were able to sort of talk him into being like, "You should propose. This is something that you definitely want to do." And from day one, when they said that proposal is on the table, he was like, "Yes, this is what I will do." It right. just feels like the absolute worst confluence of reality TV circumstance.
0: Yes, uh, and it's interesting, I think, to contrast the way that he was presented as uh, a hero, or at least someone that you know whose life we should want oh. or whatever. Contrasting that with you know, because there are some there are some bad men on this. This is a bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to say it. There are some bad seeming men on the television show F Boy Island Australia. This is true. <laughs> but it, there's such a different uh, uh, lens through which we're viewing them, which is like the show wants us to be very suspicious of all of these men. Our guards should be up because we know that they're going to suck. Like a lot of these guys out there are bad.
1: Yeah. Whereas the bachelor
0: and particularly the bachelors is all about these men are perfect. You want them. Like you want to live this life that they can provide you. And, and that's what I think makes this all the more shocking. Um, all of our, uh, best wishes and thoughts and whatever go oh my out to who... Leah
1: for sure yeah. right probably has a lot of trauma to uh, talk about and has started talking about it in uh, in the press and the advertiser Xavier yeah. I saw someone else talking about their trauma this week IRL Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, and this
0: is uh, this is somewhat more relevant to the topic of today's uh, discussion. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? you went to go and see our close personal friend, Abby Chatfield, Lol. live in concert.
1: So, uh, Sunday morning, my girlfriend texted me. She was like, do you want to go and see Abby tonight? Uh, and it turns out we were able to get on the door, uh, which was very nice of Abby to put us on the door to see her perform at the M. Theatre. And... This show was called the Trauma Dump Tour, and by the way, it's not like trauma dump. Like,
0: like it's not really (laughs) that kind of show. Okay, we're not going to go there.
1: All right, we're not going there. We're not going there. Okay, so this was uh, staged in the following way: there was a big couch, there was a carpet there was a lamp and then there was Abby. And Abby was sat on the couch and she told stories about her life. She talked about things that she had been through. She talked about, uh, in particular, uh, stories of uh, traumas that she had experienced in relationships. There was also a PowerPoint presentation. The thing that got me and the thing that made me really feel seen and related to in the way that Abby presented this was that she was so unafraid to talk about what, she had been through in the context of both being someone who was in the media, and also the context of someone who was in some relationships that weren't very good, and mm. she was able to speak so relatably, but also to give such uh such detail without it feeling oversharey, and I mm. think that that is such a precarious line to walk in modern media on social media. In a world where your business can be everyone's business, sort of thing,
0: right? <sighs> and so much she of her deft. brand is is uh, share is well, I shouldn't say oversharing, but like sharing being, about her life, yeah, right? talking about her life, and also being open with things that many other people feel are taboo, such as talking about her sexual history and all that uh, kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah. And so you go in with the expecting expectation, I suppose, that you're going to hear about someone's sexual history that as an audience member who was going in knowing roughly what I was going to expect, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by the level of depth, detail and empathy that was imbued into these stories and the level of vulnerability with which she spoke about things that either she had gotten wrong or that had been done wrong to her. It was just, it was one of those nights that I came away feeling like I'm so, so glad that I saw that not to not, you know, blowing smoke but I just felt like firstly it is so good that there is a voice in in this room who is modeling this kind of behavior for other people in this room secondly I'm so so glad that there are so many men in the audience and thirdly I'm so glad that I ran into my therapist there (laughs) <laughs> at the trauma dump tour at the trauma dump. you know when you run into you know, your therapist funny. at the abbey tour yeah. and you realize that you're gonna have a lot to talk about later
0: yeah i just feel like if you're a therapist and you buy tickets to that show like i don't it's kind of like uh i don't know <laughs> yeah, you're doing think. your work for free it's like a construction worker who goes home and, like, builds a house. Looks at architecture or, or something. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. like, don't you get enough? <laughs> You're still <laughs> hungry for more?
1: A little bit more. Now, uh, I want to talk about the show that she's hosting, F Boy Island.
0: Yeah. So, let's talk about just how the show works, what the concept is. Um, we had a couple of people let me know, a couple of listeners let me know that they weren't able to watch along with the show. Mm. Um I had planned to be very loosey-goosey and not do too many notes and not do full recaps and stuff, which I think is still going to kind of be the vibe. So in the spirit of that, I'm just going to explain the concept. Uh, There are three leads. Uh, They are three cool ladies, and they are working their way through a pool of 24 guys. And those 24 guys are split halfway between self-proclaimed F-boys and self-proclaimed nice guys.
1: And here, listener, is the catch. We, as an audience, don't know who is who.
0: Right. So we are watching along as they try and figure out which is which. And there is a cash prize at the end of the show of $50,000 per couple. If he is a nice guy, the two of them will split it evenly and presumably spend it on their wedding, which I'm sure will happen (laughs) mere weeks after the show ends broadcasting. Uh... But if you accidentally, if one of the women accidentally ends up having picked an F-boy, he can do whatever he wants to do with the money. So there are stakes for everybody, you know, Uh, the stakes are artificially raised by the fact that there's a cash prize on top of the usual dating show thing of like, oh, will they end up being a couple and that kind of thing. Um But yes, you're right to point this out because this is one thing that I really like about the concept is that we don't know who the F-boys are or the nice guys are either. And so we've got to put our own thinking caps on and, you know, I think that that tension will keep things interesting as the show progresses because we might have our own biases and obviously the, the... editing and the narrative development of the show will point us in certain directions, mm-hmm. which may, or may not be correct depending on what's convenient or what's, you know, more entertaining, shocking. Um, but also, uh, Abby Chatfield, who is the host of the show is reasonably involved as well. And she also doesn't know. Um, she seems to be sort of working it through, working through it with the leads. Um, and so it's really interesting to kind of confront, um, what may or may not be red flags for you, what, you know, because this means that the show is kind of different for everybody, right? right? Like, everybody who's watching the show will kind of go, oh, that guy reminds me of this guy I used to know, and you think he's nice, but actually he's a real piece of shit. Or like... Mm-hmm. It makes you go, oh, maybe this is just a defense mechanism for this guy. And like, really, he is a good person, but he's just a bit misguided or this environment is pulling something out of him or whatever. You know, all of these things become possible.
1: It's that added level of mystique that Mm -hmm. makes this show so appealing to me, because not only am I watching a love show, I'm also kind of watching a true crime.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um They do, I think they very sensibly throw us a few bones uh, in these first couple of episodes. We are talking about episodes one and two, um, which have been released this week uh, on on this podcast. Um, And I think that makes sense. Like, you you need to have some clear people to... I don't, I don't know if you need to have people, like, in terms of reality TV, but it always helps to have I people so. to root for and to people, people to root against,
1: you know? That's right. We need to have a clearly defined sense of at least who one, for example, villain is. We need the uh, F-boys to be fallible, but we also need the nice guys, quote-unquote, to be fallible also. And that level of grey is what is so appealing about this show. Although the Harbingers, as we will talk about, are very clear in the first couple of episodes.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the actual sort of day-to-day, like, construction of the show, Mm. it plays out quite a bit like The Bachelor's. It's pretty familiar. You know, we've got single dates, group dates, cocktail parties, uh, boy chats, uh, elimination ceremonies. Yeah. I do think there's a little bit more time than I'm used to seeing in uh, a show like The Bachelors or, or other similar dating shows. There's a little bit more time for the women to actually just talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and and I think, like, uh, the strength of their bond and their camaraderie is going to be, and it already is, a real strength of the show. Um, and then also production-wise, um, in terms of sort of the look and feel of the show i guess uh it it has a different flavor to it than traditional bachelor and bachelorette it is i should say it's not officially linked to bachelor or bachelorette it's a totally different production company totally different people making it um i'm just creating that contrast because that's what we talk about most on here it reminds me of uh mtv reality dating or just reality shows um, I've watched lot of Are You The One? and it That gives is what me a I was of thinking that. of too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also gives me a little bit of the like contemporary Netflix reality show, like a mm-hmm. too hot to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, there's a lot of, in terms of the way it's soundtracked, there's a lot of like, you know, semi anonymous, but very deliberately contemporary sounding music and like beat drops and stuff. Um, it also has this like ironic, like uh, laughing at itself editing style um which for me mainly called to mind like the punky bachelor video recaps because that's a world i've lived in a lot it's like this very like we know that we're doing a joke and we're gonna take that to it's like height you know
1: which tells me also a little bit about the audience that is intended for this program. So much of, I think, what terrestrial Australian media has struggled with over the years is that satellite TV is ageing. The Mm. medium is ageing and it is extremely hard for TV, commercial television, to get younger on a streaming platform like the one that this is on, probably it's a little bit easier to take a risk because your audience is inbuilt a little bit younger. And for me, what I'm hearing when I think about the parlance of this show, when I think about the comparison points of MTV and Netflix, is that we're speaking to Gen Gen Z and we're also speaking to millennials with Mm. this kind of programming. I know that, for example, it got me to sign up to the streaming service.
0: There you go. Yeah. Which I guess is the ultimate goal. I mean, it's funny because we often talk a lot about ratings and stuff. And I don't think that data will ever really become available for us, but, um, that kind of is the the end goal, right. Is to get people talking about this show so much. They go fine. I'll try a month of it and then forget they subscribe to it. Right. Exactly. Over the course of their life, they'll land over hundreds of thousands of dollars to a great company run by a great man. Rupert Murdoch. Uh, we don't have to go into that. I do. There's some mixed feelings about covering this show. But hey, who runs a TV network that doesn't suck? You know, who's Girls. a good guy who. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that fiance? Who runs the world? Uh, so, yes, I also think I also think Um, it it feels obvious to me and I don't know. I'd be curious to hear from someone who is in this position. It feels like this is designed to be not your first reality show in a way that like something that's made for broadcast TV kind of has to be able to, it's kind of like us starting episode 1 billion of this podcast where we talk about F boy Island. We have to be welcoming to somebody who is listening to this for the first time. Absolutely. And we love you. And thank you for choosing this podcast Even though you and I have long long white beards that are touching the ground (laughs) from sitting behind these microphones talking about reality TV for so many hundreds of years. This is true. So, but I think like there is an advantage to being like, yes, you get it. We don't have to explain, you know, how like someone can just say like, I've decided to pick Ben to go on this date or whoever. And you don't have to think like, oh, I don't understand. They're going on a date. I thought they were hanging out by the pool, you know none of that has to happen. You get it. We know what's going on here. You've probably seen The Bachelor if you're watching this show or something Mm -hmm. like it. And so there's a sense that that provides some of the energy and the forward momentum that you can just like, let's go, you know, show us something funny.
1: Right, exactly. And this was so palatable as a reality TV show. I think that we have watched a lot together of reality shows who are premiering their first episode being like, we're trying a new format. Mm. Something here is a little bit different. This one knows what it is from the beginning and it has such considered beats that both feel familiar and fun. And that is what makes me excited about this show as a whole and also makes me feel like this is the best example of a new reality show that I have seen in in quite some time. Like even something mm. like Are You The One?, even, uh, what's the Netflix Netflix one where they're in the pods?
0: Love is Blind?
1: Love is Blind, no. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, like, even the second season of that was the one, but it took them 12 months to figure it out. This kind of feels like it knows what it is from the very beginning, and that makes me very, very happy to be mm. covering that with you, Zavy. I think it strikes such a good balance of the familiar and
0: the new yeah. that it, it feels like you're watching a new and different show, but also it's not like... We had our top scientists devise a scientific experiment, you know, like it doesn't try and do any of that. It's just like, yeah, you're watching reality TV. Let's do it. You know?
1: Right. Absolutely. Welcome to reality TV. You know what the tropes are. Bang. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think before we get too much further into talking about what happened on these episodes and particularly before we talk too much about these dudes, because there's plenty of them and I feel like they're going to chew up a bit of our time. I think it's time for a new segment for the show. There's a lot of new segments this time around. I think we're just doing a different thing. But, you know, it always makes me feel pretty good there's a new segment. Uh, this is a segment we call Bechdel Boys. And that is referring to us, obviously. Do <laughs> the Be- We're the and Bechdel Boys. We are the we- Bechdel
1: Boys. And the situation here is this. There are 24 men on this show. And there are four women in total, including Abby, three women who are vying for the hearts of these 24 men. We are prone to want to talk about these women in the context of the men because that's what the format of the show wants of us. What I'm saying to you here with this new segment, Bechdel Boys, is what if we were to talk about these women completely in isolation based on the rules of the Bechdel test? Right. How long can you go talking about a woman on a TV show without invoking the name or the parasocial or social relationship that they have to even one man?
0: I also want to try and introduce this segment as early as possible as we go forward with these episodes, because I think as the season progresses, we will have more and more things to say about these men. Yes. And I want I want us to be able to do this in a bubble before we get to that, even though we'll be bursting to talk about what fucking...
1: All kinds of things that we want to say about these men. And I already have so, so many. But at the center of this show are the women who are doing the choosing. Something that we've talked about so often as a failure of The Bachelor in particular is that we don't really get to know the men at the heart of the show. They present as caricatures. Mm. I'm wondering, to begin with, if you feel the same way about Molly Sophie and Ziara, who are our three leads here on Fboy Island
0: so I don't I don't know that much about these three women okay off
1: the off the jump um,
0: and particularly because I watched these episodes a couple of days ago now and I'm recalling uh, what I can from from my memory of it uh, so there are probably some details that might have fallen between the cracks of my own memory but let's talk about them first of all let's start with Sophie sophie yes is, uh, she's very sporty, she's a Kiwi, she's, uh, she's an old-school romantic, uh... It's been a while for Sophie. This is, okay, so I was on the edge of saying that, and then I thought, does that count as referring to i guess it's not necessarily a man because we don't know what her sexual orientation is um that might have been an interesting point to bring up during the show maybe it will come up who knows (laughs) i'm just ascribing bisexuality to anybody i can (laughs) in media as a form of desperation uh yes she has not had sex in
1: two years i think she says that's correct and she talks about this with abby
0: but honestly what more do we have to say about sophie Apart from, like, I like the way that she handles herself. And, you know, this is something I'm going to say about all three of them. I really like all three of our leads. I think they are great. They are funny. They are, uh, you know, they are, they know that this is a silly show, but also they are bringing the appropriate level of seriousness to the situations that require them.
1: I agree with you. I think that Sophie in particular is a very good sport, with Mm. all of the situations that she has had to be put in. And I think that that makes her a pretty attractive lead for this show because it does seem like she's the kind of person who might be up for anything. And that juxtaposed with the idea that she has not slept with anyone in a long time creates great dramatic tension.
0: Yeah, I think there's a really good balance um, with all three of these women, from what we can tell anyway. A a great balance between... um, caution, you know, yes. and, and not, well, not even just caution, but just like, uh, uh, Hesitance. self-actualized sort of, um, awareness of their own value and, yeah, yeah, um, inherent, you know, distrust of, of, you know, there's a balance between that side. And then also being like, I am earnestly in this to try and see if something cool will happen out right, of it. Right. Exactly. I that don't, more I don't desire feel... side. Yeah. And despite the fact that the show is trying to um have a feminist sort of uh uh and i think to to a large extent that's pretty
1: it does i think yeah
0: um it it also doesn't get in the way and it doesn't feel like they're just there to tell the men that they're all shit like yeah there's still an element of hope and (laughs) desire (laughs) uh, yeah right yeah like yeah yeah, um which i think is great the second woman that i want to talk about she's in my top three of the leads (laughs) uh I'm not picking favorites. Why would I bother doing that this This is insane. There are other segments where I'll do that and it won't be about the ladies and we'll talk about guys. Let's talk about Ziara. yes Ziara is uh twenty one I think
1: Ziara is twenty one. This is one of the key things about Ziara.
0: Ziara obviously uh is is cool and and grown up and like you know very hot and whatever you know like uh but she's twenty one. Ziara is
1: also 21.
0: She's very, it's crazy how much she is 21. And when I think about her age, it makes me go, that's a 21 year old. Do You know what I that's mean? That's correct.
1: I yeah. know exactly what you mean. There is something about Ziara that is both youthful and fun and also youthful and, I don't want to say naive, but like, uh, sheltered, maybe, or something like that. Like, the. Things that happen on this show, not naming names, not talking about any men, can lead me to think that Ziara maybe there's lots more of the world for her to see.
0: I always get a bit of, like, um, please be careful, this may ruin your life vibes about, like, anybody who goes on a reality TV show. I agree. But particularly, um, look, she doesn't seem to be having trouble i want to i want to like give her all the credit in the world no she doesn't seem she like is... she's
1: having a bad time and she's handling herself very very well yeah um
0: but it is uh 21 is the age
1: i uh, feel just a bit like brotherly cautious of ziara in a yeah. way do you know what i mean like pod, podcast big brother
0: maybe it's just we've been doing this for so long there's that, something like, about we it, have where aged, I'm, yeah, like come to like... the
1: diary room we need to talk
0: right 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 uh i get very good vibes from Ziara. um she she has she she is very cool it is quite rare i think that there is a black lead of an australian reality yeah, tv fuck show yeah, that's like cool. full stop um and i think that rules i think it is it is interesting uh we i guess we will have more reason to talk more about race uh to the degree at which we should or can. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty
1: fascinating on. as we talk yeah, more more about it. But on the whole, it is sick that there is a woman of colour who is a lead. It is so cool that she is so secure in who she is, and I think that who she is is fucking great. Yeah. I feel... The men worried. want to fuck
0: her very, very badly. That's what and I... And, like, yeah. the show is very horny, and I think in a, a number of ways that is great, and, like, boundary-pushing and, like fun and flirty and yep. also like realistic when we when we talk yep. about like the romantic lives of particularly like i guess let's just say people in their 20s it's not all people in their 20s i think but like let's be honest it's better to have an upfront sort of conversation about this than to pretend it doesn't exist
1: right exactly i think that you were so correct in saying this the problem that that i am encountering is that these men want to fuck her very badly and some of these men i have my reservations about
0: interesting yeah i yeah i do feel like some of these men may not have the best intentions (laughs) and it'll be interesting (laughs) to see if that continues to raise uh you know red flags as the series progresses Mm. um let's talk about molly molly i wanted to talk about third because it is i love molly uh, I am in love with her. I don't know why I said I love Molly. Now I just feel <laughs> weird about it. Um, I I think Molly's great. I think she's funny. I really like the attitude that she brings to this. But I also think it is like very very early in the show that she gets defined. Her storyline gets defined by her relationship to another man.
1: Agreed. Um,
0: and so in the for the purpose of the for the purpose of the bit, what do we know about her as her own individual person? All I can really say is like behavioral stuff. She has some good jokes and one-liners. She seems like open and, you know, she's coming to this with the same like good spirit and energy that I'm seeing from the other women as well. But her main big thing and probably the main big thing, I guess, of these first two episodes Mm -hmm. uh, has to do with. You know, should we, should we talk about it or should we, it's, we have to
1: leave until we finish this segment, you know? I think we have to finish this segment out. My opinion Okay, so Molly Molly is
0: an occupational therapist.
1: There you go. (laughs) Molly is an occupational therapist. Yep. Molly tries her hand when it comes to jokes. Molly is a willing participant when it comes to the dates. I am really trying to find more to say about Molly outside of the fact that I think that she has good vibes, but yeah. so much of her storyline has been defined by another dude that we will never meet on this program, right. God willing. Uh, I wonder. I wonder. Anything she does was dating a man but... named Damien?
0: <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: Yikes! Uh, yeah. Look, I like Molly. I want to see more from molly that is not about
0: this brings us to the end of bechdel boys and now let's say th- let's say the <laughs> other thing about molly <laughs> the other thing about molly we learned very early that she was fucked over by her ex fiance correct she was meant to get married this year um but one day she surprised him by visiting him at work And, quote, he had an escort bent over the desk, uh, (sighs) which is a pretty nasty surprise. Um, Not great. Yeah. Uh, And she, there's more to this. She also adds that we had sex four hours beforehand and we had been FaceTiming 45 minutes beforehand. So, look, there's a lot to that, you know, Um, and that you can imagine,
1: informs your perspective going
0: forward in a way yes. that, like, I can't be critical of the show for uh, leaning on that, you know? No,
1: it's the sort of thing that when we devised a segment called Bechdel Boys would have been <laughs> helpful information to know.
0: Perhaps, yeah, I agree. Um, but yes, that's, that. I mean, that is a big thing to have in the chamber coming into this show, and um, you can sense it... Uh, making her a little cautious i think like, uh-huh. rightfully so um which i think is the right attitude for them to be having about this very mixed bag
1: of fellas let's talk about them
0: yeah let's let's get into i think this is the time for us to do our f boy of the week and just to clarify we're not saying that in a good way like it's like f boy as in like they're getting an f from us who's getting an f this week getting an f as in like getting like a like a route or whatever you know like they're getting an f as in like on their report card if that wasn't clear enough
1: okay okay xavi who have you got who is your f boy of the week okay
0: so i this is our first episode right so i feel like yeah. i can kind of take an obvious one and maybe we can you know breathe a bit more life into this segment down the road so yeah i went with uh, i went with caleb
1: the 31 year old personal trainer
0: yes so as i said it makes sense to have a villain character to root against in the early days of the season, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to provide a glowing example of what an F-boy is so that we're all kind of on the same page. Because these terms might not necessarily be familiar to everybody. um, And it's is—it's going to continue to be an interesting push and pull of this show that they are self-defined F-boys and self-defined nice guys. And... That those two categories are not quite as firm as I think the show—they the, are not the polarities, right? The the concept wants you to believe that there are two things that you can be, and you know, there's no. <laughs> I think it's not quite that simple, but but I think Caleb uh, is playing the role uh, very well of somebody for whom you're like, oh, I get it, like I a guy it. who does I don't that. Like you, yeah. Um. So he is basically. And you know, I want to charitably give him uh, the the reading that he is he is actively choosing to be as big of a piece of shit as possible. A good-looking not...
1: man who's choosing to be a big piece of shit,
0: right? And and particularly like a guy who has come onto a television show um, called F Boy Island uh, and is pr- presumably under no delusions um, of of how he's coming across in that kind precisely. this. Well, so yeah, he, he tells the camera that he wants to take the money and run. Like he, there's no, there's no illusion here that he is like, you know, unless uh, a rug is really being pulled over our eyes. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if that were the case. He he is definitely being deceptive and, uh, you know, harmful <laughs> at almost every possible opportunity. Um, he, he gets too uh, like, ostensibly first impression roses he gets two wristbands um or wristies as they call them and then that kind of seems to immediately go to his head Mm -hmm. um and you know as these episodes go on he makes up a story about having six sisters um which he doesn't but he thinks it will make it sound like he how could he possibly be disrespectful towards women if he grew up around them Um, right which also deserves some level of interrogating,
1: I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In its own little microcosm of misogyny, it yeah. raises questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, but also, I think probably just like the, the headline um, event of, of these two episodes uh, is that he finds out about Molly's ex fiance cheating on her, um, this, this uh, escort over the desk that we mentioned before. Uh, and not only does he immediately start telling people about it, which feels a bit like a violation, but he also adds some of his own commentary.
1: Please continue. Uh,
0: oh yeah. You want me to keep talking about this part? Great. Yep. Yep. Uh, what he says, uh, and cover your children's ears if they're listening along to the BOH part. All right, listeners.
1: This is a good point to do earmuffs. But go Please on, write Zvi. into
0: this sh- please write into the show if you do listen to this podcast with your children present. <laughs> uh, he says she must ain't got no good pussy. Uh, it's hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, because the thinking being that um for someone to be cheated on, Yeah, it must their be fault, their fault. And it's probably a specific thing to do with their anatomy and yeah.
1: uh and How sometimes
0: it's just not good. Is kind of the thing he's saying, you know. Sometimes
1: your your anatomy's no good.
0: Yeah, which is a shame, but honestly, it's a real sometimes... shame. But who
1: are we to discriminate?
0: <laughs> so later on, when he's confronted about it, he, he yeah. admits that he did, in fact, say that. Um, and and he sort of <laughs> tries to argue for himself by saying, "Man, but sometimes chicks don't have some good pussy." sometime. Now, I want to say actually that that defense is actually surprisingly progressive when he says sometimes chicks don't have some good pussy sometime. Okay. That to me feels like it's nice to know that Caleb isn't transphobic, for example. (laughs) Sometimes chicks don't have any quality of pussy whatsoever. And I think that's great. So a little misunderstood Caleb. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, in an ITM, he, he, he says the following and they've like, They've like After Effects, uh, a, a Bachelor of Hearts, like graduation cap onto him. And they said he's like, what is he like the Dean of Pussy University or something? What do they call him? It's something like that. something like that. Um, he says, which, by the way, I'm really delighted that I wrote this down and I'm really delighted to be reading it out loud. And thanks, Please Max. For letting Keep me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, uh, the pH is right. The smell is good. After the smell is right, make sure you're stroking your man right, make sure it's wet and pure, and you know, I'll show her a few things.
1: So he's kind of- Is kinda, he talking about fucking an outdoor pool? <laughs> <laughs> Get your pH right, make, make sure that it's wet and pure, like- Right, I'd and if the smell p- is wrong,
0: some you know, it might be a chlorine level. Yeah, there's probably some chlorine that's gone wrong.
1: Right, yeah. Uh,
0: an interesting way to talk about people- seems like a cool guy (laughs) i don't know i don't know how much more i really need to say this one's pretty cut and dry uh it's get he's getting a big rubber stamp uh no no from xrn
1: you know bring some chlorine in some some nasonex for my badass pussy (laughs) it's kind of good i'd buy that t-shirt
0: um it would look kind of strange on me but you know that's fine uh (laughs) Caleb, I mean, yeah, look, well, obviously, he's, he's the the, of the, week. Of the week, right? He
1: is, I agree with you. I don't have uh, anyone else as my first choice, but I would like to present you with a second choice.
0: Sure, yeah, and, and that's not to say that there are no other people on our radar. There's nobody else doing behavior that we're upset about. It, it feels right to pick the very big obvious one, but I, you know, again, it's kind of like having the Bechdel boys segment and then learning about Molly's situation as the as the season progresses, we will have some more stuff to put in here.
1: There can be no other bigger F boy of the week, but my second choice is one of our nice guys.
0: <gasps> is that right? That's interesting.
1: Let me tell you that my F boy of the week is Nick. Right,
0: right. Okay, so this is this is interesting because like uh, uh, one one thing one thing that I guess we already mentioned. Um, that we're running into as we think about this show is that the lines mm. between F boy and nice guy are
1: Blood. drawn very,
0: yeah, they're drawn very clearly by the premise of the show. But in actual reality, and also in the way that this series is playing out already, mm-hmm. uh, is not necessarily that cut and dry. And I think like the quality of the men overall, uh, you know, maybe like fitness aside or like symmetrical face sure. aside or whatever. Yes. It's, ki- it's kind of low, right? And I think that's one of the strengths of the show. Uh, it makes for interesting detective work. Right. But... But also, it does... Like, you know, there are... It, you know, there it, you have a little bit of trouble trying to figure out
1: who the good eggs are, if it's possible that they are, in fact, half good. This is precisely where I land with Nick. Okay, so Nick seems like a nice guy and reveals himself... At the end of the first episode, in fact, to be one. But he gets voted off. If I am to grade Nick, for example, on a scale of A, an A boy, to F, an F boy, Nick is an F boy because he Fs up. What happens is that he gets chosen to go on a date with Molly and Molly asks him to spill the tea on some of the other boys. She says, who do I need to look out for? And Nick... And they're like, they're on this idyllic date. They're on the beach. They both look
0: fucking hot. Things are going well. I can't stress this enough that like everything seems, you know, and even like there, there's a little bit of like, he, he seems to really like her and he's a bit shy a kiss. It's and he's like, nice. Yeah. and he's like gradually opening up to her throughout the process of this episode. And like, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm backing this guy. He's, he's got
1: a bit of like, I don't know what it is. He's something genuine. About him that you like, yeah, he's right Right. right, and so what happens is that Molly says, who do I need to look out for? And he says, well, Molly, bros before hoes. And that is the long and short of it. He gets kicked out at the end of the episode because mm-hmm. he has said that. And Nick is my F-boy of the week for that reason, because he fucked it with a rhetoric that I hope that he learns from. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think um, this is this is the first of what I hope will be you know, a series of moments where the show is exploring the fact that these two categories are not hard and fast. Right. Exactly. You know, the, the, the dynamics that it's exploring here, because like he comes across well and he gets a positive edit and, you know, up until this point, obviously, uh, you know, we, we like him. He's, he's a little bit reserved. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's a bit shy. We learn later on that he was a nice guy, but he is also a dipshit. Um, that's right. And and this thing that he does is not just like, you know, not not just I don't know saying this thing. Well, I don't know. Sorry, you've got your hand
1: up. It's like the, it's like this record scratch moment, right? Where all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe he's in it for the money instead mm. of being purely in it for love, and that is enough for Molly, who has been betrayed to kick yeah. him out he is my f boy of the week for this reason i think that we should move on
0: i just feel like uh it's episode one you've yeah. met these you've you've met these 24 men for the very first time you know within the last couple of days let's say charitably i don't know how this shooting schedule works they're all strangers to you right yes and also you've been told quite directly that half of them fully <laughs> suck you know what i mean yeah. You have no allegiance to these people. You do not need to swear an oath to them. Uh, they're, they're, I don't think there are a lot of circumstances where bros before hoes is an appropriate thing to say or way to look at the world. But Ever. also, p- specifically within this situation, mm-hmm. there, there is no reason to say that. Also, you're on a date with this woman and you're calling her a hoe. I mean, that's kind. You know, that's kind of just part of how the phrase works or whatever. But I'm just like, don't be doing this, Nick. You're 24 years old. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Don't make a mistake like this on national television. Stop it. Uh, I am. Yes, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see some of the F boys who are kind of deeper undercover. You know what I mean? Mm, like
1: Undercover F boy is its own series, isn't it?
0: It, it kind of is. Yeah. Like, because as we know in the real world and even on TV Men, well, anyone will like, you know, they will manipulate you by like using the language of therapy or the language of feminism or whatever in ways like they've learned how you know, <laughs> these fucking douchebags level up over time. Yeah. And they, you can be a piece of shit, you know, and there are also, yeah, I, I hope that these gray areas will, will continue to um, pay off. Um, let's, let's then contrast these bad boys there's also there was also Corey
1: who oh I didn't like Corey very much at all
0: I wasn't wild about I mean like I kind I like him I guess a little bit at the start like he's very um he's very like no knows what he's there for he's very confident he's very focused on Ziara but then in the way that it often does on reality TV this so possessing unhealthy and possessive and territorial other men start talking to Ziara shock horror on this <laughs> t- type of TV show Um, And then like he starts, he calls someone a snake in the grass and then maybe the wildest moment of these two episodes, there is a CGI snake (laughs) that like hisses at the camera. Like they had to specifically hire an animation department just for that one shot, as far as I could tell.
1: The other part of this is that Corey 30 is listed as a professional basketball player, as far as I know. No, he never played in the NBA. He never I'm played basketball professionally. I some of these things, like some of these job categories. Another man who I think is named Mitch. Let me find him. Mitch is twenty four. His occupation is listed as country boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of
0: self-describing going on behind the scenes with this show. Yeah. We've got self-described F-Boys. We've got self-described nice guys. And then I guess... boys. Yeah. Just nobody's reading the forms. They just hand them in and then they go, great, we'll print it.
1: much as we did in our last episode, Xavier and listeners, if you want to go back to the most recent episode of the Bachelor of Our Hearts podcast, I believe that you will find us crafting the personal best version of Xavier RN to apply to be this year's bachelor, I would cast you as the A-boy of that episode and in fact of the series should you get cast Who av is your a boy of f boy right. island
0: so yeah we're contrasting these these very these very uh unfortunate men with uh with some people that we liked a bit more i'm gonna keep it real simple i'm gonna keep mm. it real short uh because there have not been like a lot of like glimmeringly perfect examples of like great you know uh positive role models or or you know non-toxic masculinity the non-toxic masculinity, by the way, is really funny because it just sounds like oh technically you can eat this glue.
1: <laughs> like it will
0: not kill you, but also yeah. like it's not nourishing.
1: It's not encouraged.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, my A-boy
1: is is going to be uh, Isaiah. Who... Oh, I was tossing up Isaiah yeah. and a, my choice. So you go on.
0: Okay, so Isaiah, I don't have a huge amount to say about him. He seems he seems a bit cheeky. Uh, I basically picked him because he strikes me as like maybe one of the cutest ones, Um, and that's that's it.
1: I like Isaiah. I want to see Isaiah is cute. He seems genuine. He seems really sweet. And of the amount that we get to know about him, nothing is bad.
0: Right. No red flags yet. Possibly due to limited screen time. Max Quinn, who is
1: your a boy of the week. My A-boy of the week is Justin, 29, blonde-haired male entertainer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Justin, Justin's a lot of fun. I think Justin is not only just a lot of fun, I think Justin is really genuine. He talks about his profession in a way that validates it, in a way that makes it accessible to an audience who might judge male entertainer as a profession, but he validates it also with an emotional depth. The way that he talks to the women really makes it feel like he is one-to-one, like he is a stark contrast to... Some of the other men on this series, like, for example, uh, Darcy, the 26-year-old emergency officer who I did not like.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Darcy was not my favorite. He's He gets involved in a conflict with uh, Caleb, right? Is that possible?
1: No, with Corey, sorry? With Corey, that's right. Yeah, or Benny, the professional DJ who is British. Like, all of these men have so many things going on that I just kind of think, like... Justin, the 29-year-old male entertainer, he seems like a nice guy. Who wants he to have a like... child
0: and name them Channing? Yeah. Because, like, like, he's clearly, I mean, it won't surprise you to learn that he's kind of modeled his life after uh, uh, Magic, Mike. Ma- Magic Mike.
1: Yeah, which is great. Mike. I love it. Like, he's just He's just right. I feel like Justin is so, so genuine. He is, for that reason, and that reason alone, because we don't know anyone else yet, my no. A-boy of the week. All right. That's a great pick.
0: I think our next segment shall be for the smartest move of the week. Oh yes, okay. And this so, is a segment we're calling "Boy Genius," which is we might use that for something else in future. I don't know. Uh, the smartest move of the week, and i i had a few I had a few things I
1: was tossing around for this one. Okay, I have one clear one.
0: So I thought about. Benny, the British DJ who keeps mentioning emojis in his voxies, because I feel like he thinks he knows that that will make for a good gif. Like he's like, oh, fire emoji, fire emoji, whatever. I just think, like, strategically, that's a smart thing to do. But then also, he kind of, I don't love him later
1: on. I don't like him very much at
0: all. And you don't have to, I don't have to like you for you to get in the boy genius category. Just just disagree.
1: Yes, this is agree. Um,
0: I also thought about, uh, uh, Justin, in fact, that we were just talking about, the male entertainer, and uh, Joey, the the two peroxide twins, as they mm. become known. Because I think that pairing up, you know, getting into the, the house of a reality TV show, or entering the island, I suppose as we're saying, and figuring out, here's another guy, we're going to be a dynamic duo. You know, we're going to have a thing in common, we're going to become a beloved, you know. We're Power
1: gonna... couple.
0: Right, and like, when we leave the show, we'll have our own radio program. Like, it's just like... We're sorting it all out. You know, everything's everything's clear as we go forward. Uh, as far as camera time goes as well, all this stuff. I also thought of whoever it was who thought of the pun, the meat gala.
1: This is oh, clearly somebody on production. Oh, that was so good.
0: Someone deserves a, a pay rise. Uh, I, I don't know if that's in the American version or, um, you know, if how, how ingrained that actually is into the, the show as a whole, but I like that a lot. But I think, honestly, my boy genius prize for this week goes to, and I'm only going to do this, it's not specific necessarily to this week of episodes, um, but I want to give it to whoever cast Abby Chatfield in this show. Oh! I think the addition of Abby um, is so smart and so great for this show. Not only does she perfectly fit, the vibe of the show, which is like female empowerment with a side of like extreme horniness. Mm. It's totally on brand for her. But also I think her history with reality TV is coming into play in some really fun ways. Um, Specifically in the second episode, there are some very direct and extremely funny like dog whistles.
1: Catnip for us.
0: Yeah. Basically for us. Right. And for our listeners, they have a chocolate bath and they Mm -hmm. have uh, a world's longest televised kiss world record attempt, Mm -hmm. which by the way, and I hate to be a stickler about this. There was no Guinness referee present. (laughs) It was not consecutively aired on TV. So I don't think that would actually stand up in a court of records. Um,
1: I don't know why I wouldn't stand up for the trial by Kyle. (laughs)
0: That's right. Um, Uh, but I think, uh, I, I think having Abby there and integrating her well into the show is such a strength. Um, it, it also is probably why most people are watching this season. Oh, for sure. It's, she's the reason that the show was able to get made. I think, I hope they're paying her handsomely because I'm sure, you know, every, nobody's under any illusions about that really, you know? Yeah. Fucking A. There are so many reality shows that get launched every year. Uh, and for her to make this one be able to cut through, um, I think, is uh, is awesome.
1: Yeah, of course. Like, when you're going to launch a series like this, you really, really need a bankable star to be able to get behind Abby is that she has the history of reality TV. And I don't know, this really works. She's so ingrained into the formula of this show. The fact that we cut to her for reactions when people say things, it really is jokes. sort of like... She's got yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the bit. And, like... The idea that the show also somehow involves some sort of graveyard where the kicked off boys oh, right. go yes, to yes. for rehabilitation—we've not even talked about this yet we'll, because we don't we'll know how it's going to manifest. Bit, yeah. right. Like, uh, she's the perfect person for yes. for this. So you're right that the uh, the boy genius move of the week was to cast Abby as the host. Yeah, I, I have a runner-up submission for you.
0: Oh, please! I think we we both have our pick, right?
1: Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My pick is when Sean, twenty-four, personal trainer, dobbed in Caleb for saying the thing about Molly having bad pussy.
0: Right. So when he calls this out at the elimination ceremony, right? That's
1: right. Yeah. So a big
0: moment. Obviously, this is Sean just getting on the
1: radar. He has never said a word to, as far as we understand, any of these women in his life. He has just been on the island to this point. And at a certain point, he pipes up and is like, oh, I have something to say about how um one of them said that you've got a bad pussy, Molly. Yeah. And, it like, obviously it takes Molly for a loop. It just is a fabulous move because it ensures firstly that he is a person of interest and strategically also it means that he gets the next date with molly which is very very important for him so for that reason sean is my boy juniors of the week
0: and it's funny because normally on the bachelor and the bachelorette and all that kind of all that universe of shows being a dibba dobber can be an absolute death sentence mm. it can really hurt your chances but mm-hmm. here the idea of the show is to have suspicion and to raise it and so it's not quite as disruptive
1: that's right yeah and in a traditional sense dibba dobbers do wear nappies but <laughs> i have not seen sean getting around in one and i think that should be proof enough in itself
0: I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he's wearing some pretty tightly fitting pants. I feel like you would see the trademark bulge of a dirty nappy. I mean, it may be a very clean nappy that's just flying underneath the radar right now. Yeah. Um, But uh, speaking of flying underneath the radar... mm. This is another segment that I'd like to introduce to our listeners and to you as a a co-host of this podcast. Fabulous. Let's go. This is a segment that presumably the name of it works slightly better written down than it does out loud. Mm. This is a segment called Boy Island. And I hear you going, (laughs) I don't understand. What I'm saying is like buoy, I guess how Americans say it. Like it's like a buoy buoy. with a a U in it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about which of these men was just floating by this week,
1: you know? Who did you not notice?
0: Yeah, who's who's chilling in the background? And maybe that's a good thing in the sense that they're, like, not stepping on any toes. Maybe it's a bad thing in the sense that, you know, you get to a reaction shot of them three episodes in, and you're like, I've fucking never seen you before in my entire life. You're a totally new man. You were just created. You just came... You stepped out of a big tube, and you're new, and you're fresh, and you're new. And they had to... They had to go shopping for fucking Uniqlo shirts for you to wear so that you could you could be clothed while you because you stepped out of a tube of goo. My number one choice for Boy Island has to be Nico.
1: Tell me about Nico.
0: Okay, here is what I can tell you about Nico. He gets the first piece of dialogue of the show. Uh, aside from sort of introductory... Like, he is the first of the men to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think... By that virtue alone, like, what he says is not very consequential. He is basically um, sitting down in front of the ITM camera to do his Mm -hmm. little voxy, um, Mm -hmm. and he says, okay, I'm ready. And then I don't know if we see him again at all. Ever again. Maybe ever again. Uh, The only other thing I know about him is that he's a painter, apparently. I don't know if that means that he, like, paints, you know, portraits or whether he paints, like, you know buildings or what's going on yeah Yeah. um couldn't tell you another thing about him but i think it matters to get that first bit of dialogue in so i'm curious to see you know he's not voted off so it's going to be interesting to see uh what what happens with nico nico's my my
1: my boy your boy of the week that's right my boy boy of the week is james
0: James wow and look I'm not shocked to hear that there's a man named James (laughs) it it does not it does not call any
1: uh any images to mind you know this is exactly why I've selected James Mm. because he is a resort lifeguard
0: I bet I bet you're
1: right you You know that's true there is no one better at floating along while also (laughs) having a cushy (laughs) job that involves looking good yeah, yeah. As a 24 year old resort lifeguard. This man knows floating.
0: This he man, when he sees something expert. that's not floating, he corrects it,
1: you know? He's like, I will prop you up with the yeah. strength of my pectorals. That's
0: right. Uh, James is a great pick. I'm looking at his uh, cast photo, which. They've done a terrible job of, we can't get into it, but like, there's no official website for this. There's no like listing of the men anywhere, really. I'm yeah, at yeah, one yeah. The been, men need
1: to be easier to find.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at one that's been posted on popsugar.com.au um, of the cast of men. And he's wearing the most Dan Flash's busy
1: ass fucking oh shirt God.
0: of any of these men. And there are some party shirts
1: going on, you know. It was really expensive because the pattern was so complicated.
0: It's very complex, yeah. And honestly, it's two colors. He didn't. They, they didn't even splash out on on. You know, you could screen print this at the lower rate. You
1: know, also fucking none of these before. men, just quickly, have heard oh. of a camp collar shirt. Like, oh no, yeah. These are the worst <laughs> uh, kind of of ways to dress this man in this way. Uh, I don't like these.
0: It. These outfits are all truly brand new, straight off the rack. Have straight never off been the worn by it's anybody a, before?
1: To the extent that Darcy's has like creases in it, and it is yeah, so gross.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah these uh, these guys have been given fifteen minutes to pick something from the H and M like sale display, and they've just they've just done the best that they could.
1: They are truly outfitted so poorly. Mm.
0: All right, that's Boy Island. Only a couple of things left. Let's talk about the boys club and specifically Mm. who is in and who is out. And that's the way that we've decided that we're going to talk about the eliminations.
1: (laughs) Okay. So we've already touched on my friend, Nick, the bros before hose construction manager.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to say, I like the, um, there's a slight difference in this elimination ceremony to what we've seen in other shows. I like that each woman picks a bottom two And then Mm. they have to, like, try and plead for mercy or, you know, stake their claim and try and be like, no, listen, let me explain or whatever. Like, I just think that creates a good dramatic opportunity before one of them gets the final
1: chop. I agree. It reminds me of Bachelor in Paradise in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in episode one, Sophie chops a guy called Anjin. Um, simply because he didn't talk to her at all, uh, in the whole episode. I don't know if he talked to anybody in the whole episode. He's definitely, you know, if he hadn't have been eliminated, he probably would have been well eligible for the, the boy, um, category. Um, so yeah, fair enough that he was sent home. Uh, as far as I can tell, kind of a shame we didn't get to know him as with all these people who were eliminated from all these shows. We got Ciara. She chops an F boy named Eric. Because she's worried that he's not taking it seriously or something? Eric is a, a bit. deck
1: hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit unclear. Um, but uh it it is very early. It's first episode, so it's like, you know, we never really know why people are getting sent home. And then despite putting Caleb on the chopping block, Emma eliminates nice guy Nick. Emma? Emma? Who the fuck's Emma? Molly? What is her name? Molly. Emma's someone I made up just now. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like her? Do you- I made her for you. She, She's fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yes, we did talk about this. The Bros Before Hose thing, I think, is a worthy red flag. Um, we also, This is also when we learn in a very funny sequence that I truly loved uh, that the eliminated F-boys and not the eliminated good boys good boys what are they called nice guys nice guys good boys is funny uh the eliminated f boys are whisked away to what is called limbro funny uh to i guess work on themselves uh so one can
1: only hope
0: Unclear what's what's what the actual mechanic is here. I guess mm. the idea is like one or maybe more of them will get a chance to like fight their way back onto the show with some good behavior. Mm. Or maybe it's just a fun punchline where it's like, yeah, we've sent the bad men away and we never have to think about them
1: again. <laughs> you yeah, know? it's like um, Ladder to Lady in its own way, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We're teaching these men manners. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be divine if like I would just love that if they had to walk along with like next a next episode, on their head. Super Nanny shows up and she's <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I'm back! I'm gonna help these boys get straight. Yeah, whatever. In episode two, Molly chucks out Joey, one of the peroxide twins. The one is he the one that you liked?
1: No, no. I no, like he's the, the other one. one. I like Justin.
0: That's right, yes. Um, and then this seems to lead to Justin like getting very upset he storms out of the rose ceremony oh it's not what it's called the elimination yeah he like walks off he says like fuck man all these guys are duds or whatever and then we also all see these him guys crying Is
1: so fucking smart
0: it's funny yeah uh we see him crying i wonder if he's really crying about this but he's also, so good i'm here for the moment I, I would have, you know, if this relationship really meant as much as it seems like it does in this very raw emotional moment, mm-hmm. I would have loved to maybe see just like 5% more of it in the lead up to this.
1: Yes. I think that that could have been, it could have been done better on the part of the show.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, maybe it was just the fact that one of them was going to be eliminated in episode two. Uh, turns out he is an F boy, so let's not waste too much time on it. Um... And then Sophie votes out nice guy Ryan, a man who I have unfortunately never seen before in my entire life.
1: No, me neither. In yeah, fact, to the uh, point where I was scrolling through this list and I was like, now
0: who is Ryan? Yeah, did they probably put with him Ryan? on the list? Or,
1: um, he's 27, uh, he's a property manager, and he has flamingos on his shirt.
0: Okay, I'm sorry to say, but being a property manager means you are not my friend. Um,
1: mm, and it's good that you have flamingo on home. <laughs>
0: It's not called a Fleming stay
1: um, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah and then Ziara votes out nice guy Eden who she says strikes her as a class clown and not ready to be emotionally vulnerable um, he gets very emotionally vulnerable when he's voted out he cries um, he it's kind of a little bit hard to watch honestly I'm yeah looking at this I'm like oh. Poor sausage, you know? Poor, like, you
1: poor sausage. Your shirt's yeah. too tight and you're crying.
0: Yeah. So now, after all these eliminations, we are down to eight nice guys and ten mm. F boys, which is like, oh, we're off axis, you know. Uh, the balance stormy- of power
1: has shifted.
0: Right. Stormy weather's ahead. This will be interesting. Um, those are the people who were eliminated. And now I just want to quickly do our last segment, which is I'm calling it F only. And it's a moment for anything that we think that the show could improve. And Hmm. hopefully they will listen to this and then go, okay, shit, we've got 24 hours before we release the next episode. So let's just quickly go in and uh, and 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 delete. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I I don't have a huge amount to say on this topic just yet, but I think uh, as always with basically every show that we've ever discussed on this podcast, there is a little bit of an issue of diversity. Um, I think there are like maybe ten non white dudes in the cast, which I would say is above average for these Pretty types of fucking shows. That's right for
1: a reality T V show in Australia. Yeah. Um
0: but I, I I don't know if it's like they've really gone out of their way necessarily. And I think
1: um, it comes down to screen time or something like that, right? Like it's yeah. not like these people are being featured, or the the men of color who are being featured are not being featured in a positive way.
0: This is the thing, and and I was thinking about um, not only obviously Caleb, but also Corey, who is kind of this possessive um, guy. Like it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that two of the most negatively portrayed, and I'm not leveling any kind of accusation here, because I'm like, no, no, they're being negatively portrayed because they're being bad. You know, it's not like yeah. But it, it is, from a perspective of optics or whatever, I guess, like, it's just kind of interesting that two of the more negatively portrayed people on the first few episodes are, um, black American men. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know if they're, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it makes me think interesting. I, I'm also like, I don't know. I think there are things that the show is doing that are really good on this front, um, I, I'm not quite... You know, the body shape diversity, the like, you know... There are a lot of things that it could be doing that it's not, but also like most other shows are not doing. So how much can we really, you know, say this show is a problem or just part
1: of how things are? I think that um, given the constraints, it's doing pretty good.
0: Right. And I also think... Um, specifically I want to like highlight that I think Ziara is a really great pick for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, and I read an interview with her this week on Refinery29, um, which I really recommend. It just gives a little bit more context about who she is. Um, you know, it's not, it's not an incredibly deep expose, but she talks a bit about being fetishized as a black woman in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, you know it's interesting in the interview she talks about like she has has you know the ways that men describe her or talk about her when they are talking about her as a sexy person are quite like racially coded or whatever and Mm. one thing that that someone has said to her is like wow you uh just because of like her skin color or whatever you look so much like Rihanna or whatever and it was funny that she mentioned that because that also then happens on the show that yeah. she is compared to Rihanna on the show um maybe she was just talking about that instance I guess maybe the, the interview probably took place afterwards anyway all this to say um uh, that's worth a read um this show like any other show could probably benefit from uh somewhat more diversity
1: but yeah you know. it is impressive that they've cast a country boy
0: that's true most shows most shows are too you know in this fucking woke mind virus pc culture most shows yeah. are not brave enough although i pretty will say neglectful uh farmer's wife is doing pretty well on that <laughs> <point>. <laughs> uh do you have an F only?
1: uh look my f only was f only there were more country boys
0: sure yes absolutely i couldn't agree more uh intruders maybe down the line who knows
1: Ooh. i hadn't thought about intruders in the context of this show but i feel like that would be really nice for us here's a question i have where is this where is the oh, island that's a really good question i have never, no idea it was where we're situated set. geographically
0: no i also looked online and could not find anything about <laughs> it so i'm like this is probably the mainland the of Sundays? australia yeah. i feel like this is <laughs> the island is australia Yeah, unless we hear otherwise, which is quite funny to me.
1: Ballina Island.
0: Yeah, is that a place you know about, or?
1: Oh yeah, Ballina is an island. What about this? So I'm from Ballina. Okay, listener, Uh, hello, welcome. My name is Max Quinn. I am surely you would have mentioned
0: that before now.
1: Would have been something that I should have brought up on the podcast over the last several years. But I come from Ballina in northern New South Wales, and Ballina itself is an island. It is cut off and secluded from the mainland by a bridge called Missingham Bridge. What about that? Wow. Uh that's
0: that's when I was uh vegetarian and wrote songs. I'll be doing my I miss, I'm missing him from <laughs> the bridge of the song
1: The verses and chorus oh. Were all
0: like I'm so glad that I'm not You know Causing more emissions By you know And I'm yep. not supporting The meat industry And all that But yep. then the bridge That's when the song Sort of turns around I have an introspective moment And I do go Well you know <sighs>
1: It would be Much good, as I it? love
0: the movie babe Wouldn't Wouldn't mm. hurt
1: Wouldn't Every so would, often A little bit of mustard A you know? little
0: bit of pickle On a sandwich Something you know
1: Yep Christmas lunch with my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, Uh, Zaby.
0: That, I think, is legally uh, definable. You know, it constitutes, uh, you know, there's a certain, like, amount that we have to have so that it can be classified as an episode of our podcast. I agree. And I think we have hit that, like, recommended daily intake of Bachelor (laughs) of Hearts podcast. Crossed
1: the threshold, yes. That's right
0: listeners thank you for being here with us we will be back again with you shortly to talk about the next i think two episodes that's right um i cannot wait i am excited about this show uh i'm very thrilled to be doing a regular podcast for you guys again um and i'm very grateful to my friend max for being here um and of course we love you dear listeners please if you i didn't mean to say we love you yet that comes later Listener, if you would like to find us on social media, join in the conversation. Let us know which of these boys you're vibing, which of these boys you're not. Who's your (laughs) A boy? Who's your F boy? Right, right. Absolutely. Fill in any of the blanks of these categories. Uh, Let's have fun together. This is a fun show. Come find us on social media. We're at B-O-H pod on Instagram, on Twitter, on line. You can also find us at facebook we have a do you you explain it
1: there's a facebook group it's called the bachelor of hearts osh posting group on facebook if you type in osh posting i'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it i have a feeling it'll come up you have to ask me a member that's
0: how we make sure that psychos aren't in there um but jokes on them because i'm fucking running the asylum baby Uh, Weird way to promote something Anyway just go and check it out You'll have some fun Um, But we'll be back with you before too long I hope you guys are enjoying the pod Do you have anything else to say
1: Listeners We love you We love you you. Goodbye